0: Good morning good morning. Good, morning. good morning, good morning. Cheerful with me now. Good morning. Let's give it to God a shout of praise, shall He's worthy. He is worthy. Amen. He is worthy. Amen. He is worthy. Amen. This morning if you have a tithe or an offering and put it in the, the box over there. Thank you. The Lord always blesses those that give. He blesses he watches over everyone Amen. he knows your needs Amen. and he knows what you're capable of and what you're not capable of Amen. So don't ever feel obligated you know, we went through last week our 15th year anniversary and we celebrated that Amen. and uh all of you invited people to celebrate the 15th year anniversary. Yes, Lord. Next week, you we'll invite everybody to come and meet Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because he's gonna be here. Amen. Whether they are or not, he's here. Yeah. Whether you're here or not, they're here. He's here. Amen. Jesus is always with us. Amen. Jesus wants us to build a church that will advance his kingdom. Yes. Not the kingdoms of individuals, but his kingdom. So this morning we're gonna talk about, let's build the church. Mm -hmm. Let's become the church that Jesus builds. Let's follow what he wants, not what we want. Mm -hmm. Having a kingdom-minded church relies on having kingdom-minded people. And having kingdom-minded people comes from focusing your eyes on Jesus. That's the reason you're here. It's all about Jesus. There's no reason to focus on anything else. And we all know people that are very self-centered. They focus on themselves. And then whatever comes around, comes around. I had a boss in Miami. I swear, when he looked in the mirror, he probably saw a crown on his head and a robe and everything else. I mean, he thought he was spectacular. But like everybody else that thinks that way, sooner or later, the end comes. So, In Acts chapter 2, we have a, a look at the early church. Peter was giving a sermon. And then in verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the church begins. Verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted to them, Be saved from this person persevere through this generation. You must continue on. You must not get caught up in this perverse generation that's here. You must continue to move. And Peter put a pretty heavy load on them. If you read Acts chapter 2 and read his sermon, I mean, he called them out. Peter called them out. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. It's just a matter of sharing Jesus. It's just a matter of bringing out who Jesus is, how Jesus touches your lives. Verse 42, it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. They constantly were studying what the apostles were teaching. Constantly. They were constantly involved in prayer, fellowship, and the breaking of bread. This is how this body moved. This is how this church began. Now, there's 3,000 of them, so you know they didn't all go to one house. They were everywhere. They were everywhere. And then verse 43 says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. They all feared God. They all saw his reverence. They all saw God as holy. Now all who believed were together, and had things in common. They sold their possessions, their goods, and invited them among all, as anyone had a need. So continually, daily, in one accord, in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Mm -hmm. They didn't get caught up in everything. They were only focused on Jesus. That's what we need to be. We don't need to be focused on the events going on. Aware, one thing. Focusing, no that didn't mean this church didn't have problems. The only church had its problems. I mean, you remember the hypocrisy of Ananias and Sapphira? Mm-hmm. I mean, here's two people. They go up to Peter, and Peter said, Is that all the money you sold your house for? And he said, Yes. Mm-hmm. All he had to do was say, No, I kept some for myself. But he said, yes, that's it. Boom. He was dead. Whoops. Whoops. Thank God for Jesus. And then Sapphira comes comes by and does the same thing. She lies. She could have said, no, man. I put some away in the jewelry box for a rainy day. She said, no. That's every penny. (laughs) <laughs> she was dead, dropped dead on the Oops. ground, right in front of her. Oh, Lord. And they just kind of dragged her out. Okay. I mean, this is—you don't need to lie, no. Especially to the Holy Spirit, because He already knows what's true. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. Right. He knows what you're going to do tonight. Yeah. He knows all this, so you can't—you can't hide it. there's a portion in John third John between chapter third John 9 10 verses 9 10 and third John where one of the disciples of John John keeps writing a letter to this churches, and this disciple figures I don't want John's influence in this church I want it to be mine so every letter that John wrote he discarded until they finally caught up with him. And that was the end of that. So, I mean, it happens. Things happen around. Storms are going to come and go in your life. But you have the most strong, awesome, powerful God standing right behind you with his hand on your back saying, I've got you. You need to remember this. I've got you. We have to stay away from the allure of the world. We have to watch people. Yeah. Not everybody that says they're a Christian is a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Because the percentage of people in the United States claim to be Christians, yeah. but there's only about 20% of them that really are. Yeah. So what's gonna happen? They need Jesus. They need to come down off their high horses and get into a church that will teach them the Bible and become saved because they're not we need to focus our attention and concentrate on Jesus nothing else we are to be focused 100% on Christ when he has our attention when we are concentrating on him and his word, he occupies the forefront of our mind. Can you imagine Jesus occupying your mind? Jesus is starting to do the thinking for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a road, what a journey you would be on. Mm-hmm. Such a focus is only fitting because Jesus is the head of the body. He's the head of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead so that everything he might have supremacy. And by rights, we should focus on him. Amen? Amen. 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 You know, everybody that's shared this platform recently has talked about Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. To give you some background, this is Solomon. Solomon talking to his son. He's telling his son that wherever you go and whatever you do, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This was a personal thing from King Solomon to his son. In all ways, it says, acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. When we are surrendered to God, it, it said, here I am on my knees again. Surrendering all. We can trust God will direct our paths. Do you think God's gonna steer you wrong? Nope. I mean, just pretend you're walking towards these sliding glass doors. Is God gonna let you walk right into the glass and fall down? Mm -hmm. Oh, he'll stop you. And have you look, pay attention. We can go forward with peace, believing in his word and leading of the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit will lead us where he wants us to go. Through the counsel of others, through godly common sense and through life's circumstances, God will direct our paths. He talks about godly common sense. It's an issue sometimes, common sense. Hey. You know, it really is. Yeah, it's not so common. <laughs> I mean, you know, my mother always had a saying. She used to say, that person ain't got enough sense to come in out of the rain." <laughs> well, some of us, you know, you, you're supposed to, to have godly common sense. So when it comes to making a decision, you should be referring to what God would have you do. You know, go with God. Yes. Yes. Let's not walk out into the rain without a raincoat or an umbrella. We walk along in this life. And the longer we walk with God, the longer and the easier it becomes to take the next step. Every step with God is one step that he's leading. Mm -hmm. It's a step for him. And he has focused on you. He has blessings he wants to pour out upon you. He has everything he wants to give you. He wants to set up a perfect life for you. There's no place in the ways of the world in the church. The ways of the world don't belong here. Even through living, uh, we live in a very self-centered culture. You can tell that by the millions of selfies that are taken every day. <laughs> and the people. Where a culture is all about me and not about thee. And you've met these people. You know these people. This is why Lucifer got thrown out of heaven. Because he wanted the glory God was getting. I mean, self-centeredness enters our workplace. And it shouldn't enter the church, but it does infiltrate the church from time to time. But it doesn't need to be here. And in the workplace, you've all put up with it. Employees, your co employees that think they're better than you, that are always running to the boss oh, I did this, I did that, how great am I? But Jesus must remain the center of our life and the center of this church. Matthew 22 37 says, And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart all your soul and all your mind. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Mm -hmm. The perfecter of our faith. Our faith is all about Jesus. It's all about trusting him. It's all about allowing him to be our God. Quit trying to be our gods ourselves. Yes. Amen. What can we do if we're trying to walk on that fence between God and the world? Walking on a fence between spirit and flesh. The Bible tells us there's none of that. You're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. And we need to build a church that's in the spirit. Yes. Everybody's got to be focused on Jesus. That's the only thing on our minds when we're here. Jesus, and it would help. It's the only thing on your mind when you're ready to work, whatever. I mean, I pray all the time. I sit down. I watch television. A commercial comes on. I'd be praying. Sometimes I'm praying, Lord. I've seen this too many times. Don't let it come on. <laughs> But you have to pray. <laughs> you, you know. Nobody wants to walk in the flesh. You get caught up in that. It gets dirty. It gets ugly. we got to worship God through prayer. It's not enough to know about God. To know that he exists. But having a deep personal relationship with him will make all the difference in your life. When you're a child of God, you know, he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. We could all be praying at the same time and Jesus hears them all. He hears every single one. And it's not like you're on a party line. For those of you who remember party (laughs) lines. when you have a party line on the telephone, you'd be talking to somebody. Somebody on your party pick up the phone. You know, they're, they're listening to whatever you're saying. And then if you stay on your phone too long, then they keep picking up telling you to hurry up. The most important time in our lives is having a special time with our Creator. It's a time to acknowledge his magnificence. It's a time to confess our sins, to give thanks for all the blessings upon our life. It's a, it's a time to express our love for him. It's a time to share our, your concerns, your desires, and your needs in everyday life. Because God's here to hear all those things. He's here to support you in every way, shape, and form he can. Philippians 4, 6. You're all familiar with this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Paul wouldn't have written that if it wasn't important. Let your needs be known to god he already knows him but he wants you to say him prayer should not be done for show jesus said in matthew 6 5 he says when you pray don't be like the hypocrites they love to stand in the synagogue and on the street corners and pray so many people will see them. He says, I tell you the truth. They already have their word, their reward. Meaning the hypocrites' prayers will never be answered. That's what that means. Their prayers will never be answered. People that think they know God, but God doesn't know them, their prayers won't get answered. When you're alone, just go to a private place where there's no distraction. Spend quality time with your Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. Having that one-on-one time with God is crucial Mm -hmm. in our daily lives. You You can hear his voice through his word, or maybe through his still, small voice, you hear God speaking to you. Worshiping God in prayer brings us closer to him. It changes us. You can't help but change if you're in a relationship with God. If Jesus and the Holy Spirit are guiding you, it'll change you. It'll change your circumstances. It gives you peace. It gives you joy. And it strengthens you and builds up stronger your faith. Someone this morning was quoting from John's 4:8. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Amen. I heard it when they were singing. But the rest of it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You've got to come before God confessing your sins because God doesn't see you with sin. So you get that out of the way right away. Repent. Luke 18 says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them how they should always pray and never give up. Matthew said, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Mm -hmm. Worship God through prayer. Be encouraged to pray your Heavenly Father every day. I mean, to be honest, he loves hearing from you. He really does. In setting our neighborhood on fire for Jesus, we must be focused on him. We must have a church that's willing to carry Jesus throughout this community and everything that Jesus stands for. We as followers of Jesus, our faith is so important. Learning to see with our spiritual eyes and not with the eyes of flesh that only the world sees. We need to develop faith. Increasing faith requires trusting the Lord, with our whole souls striving to act as he would act in circumstances. You remember those little bracelets, what would Jesus do? What <laughs> would Jesus do? So you say, How do I increase my faith? Read His Word. Reading God's Word is like planting your garden. If you want it to grow, build a garden. You first plant the seeds, or the actual plant or flower. God's Word is a seed, it grows our faith. Then the next thing is we got to heed His Word. James tells us in chapter 1 don't just listen to God's Word. But you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For who in the world would listen to the word and not obey? He said it's like glancing in the, your face in the mirror. You see yourself. You walk away. and You forget what you look like. He says, test our word. He talks about that in Malachi. Malachi 3.10, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. There will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out blessings so you will be great. You won't have enough room to take it in. Then he says, try it. Put me to the test. Put him to the test. So how do I increase my faith? Read the word, heed the word, test the word. Now we all know what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Real faith is when we faith is when we trust in the Spirit. The Bible says, "Walk by faith, not by sight." In John three three, Jesus talking to him said. Talking to Nicodemus, he said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hebrews 11 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In Revelation 3, verse 18, Jesus talking to the church of Laodicea, I counsel you to buy gold refined in fire. He actually says, I hope. I counsel you to buy gold from me, refined in fire, that you may be rich in white garments, that you may clothe, that the shame of your nakedness not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. And then it says, remember what Jesus says to the church. He who has ear to hear, let him hear. And the spirit says to the church. You have to reflect what Jesus wants to do. He wants his spirit roaming." See how important your faith is? Seeing with spiritual eyes, when focused entirely on Jesus, your whole life will come together. When you come into the house of worship, your eyes are focused on Jesus. Jesus sees deep down in your heart. He knows exactly who you are. In Acts 13, verse 22, it says, when he removed him, he raised him up far from David as king, and he gave testimony and said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Focused on Jesus means to love God more than anything else. With our heart, we must love him. He must be first in our lives not second or third, because Christ said, listen to this, you cannot be my disciples unless you love me more than you love your father and mother, your wife, your children, and your brothers and sisters. Jesus has to come first before all of those. Look at Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems you from a life of destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that the youth is renewed like an eagle. Bless the Lord, O my soul, Yes, Lord. Yes, Psalm 86, verse 12. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify your name forevermore. We must carry this message. This must be a message we carry with us every single day. These kind of things need to roll off our tongue when we're talking to people. We must reflect who Jesus is in our lives. Romans 5 5 says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we all know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And Paul says in Ephesians 2, in those days you were living apart from Christ. You lived in a world without God and without hope. Colossians 1, 27. To them God will to make known what are the riches of glory, of the mystery among the Gentiles, which Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Amen. This is after he gave Christ to the Gentiles. They now had hope. They now had glory. They now had an opportunity to walk with Christ. Faith and hope involve both trust. They both hinge on trustworthiness of a person or an object of belief. It's our core belief. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Galatians 5.5 says, For though the Spirit eagerly waits for the hope of the righteous by faith, the Spirit eagerly waits for the hope of the righteous." The Spirit's eagerly waiting for those that are righteous to come to him. Colossians 1, 4. Because we have heard about the faith you have in Christ Jesus and love you have for all God's people, your faith, this faith, you have this faith and this love because of your hope. And what your hope is kept for safe for you in heaven, you learned about this hope When you heard the message about the truth and the good news. The good news brings gospel, brings hope. It brings God's love. It brings hope to those that are lost and held in darkness. They need to walk in Christ. Focus on Jesus. Be the foundation of this church. You are the foundation. You're the foundation of this church. How this grows, it's up to you. We need to bring faith and prayer and worship. We need to bring a word of hope. We need to carry the love of God with us to our community. We need to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew 16, verse 17. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon bar For flesh and blood has not to reveal to you this but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of heaven shall not prevail against it. Let me tell you, God is saying the same thing to you. You guys are the rock. You are all rocks. God the Father is the one. Who revealed to you about Jesus? God the Father. People might have told you, but you needed it to be revealed. And the only way it got revealed was a message from God. So you are the rock. You are the rock. You come together and form one big rock. The church prospered all the time. The church, this is about nine years, seven years, after the day of Pentecost. And it says in 931, Then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. They were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Multiply all of them. That's what we need. The comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Let's focus our eyes on Jesus. Let's sing a song of worship. Let's sing a song to Jesus. Let's tell him how much we love him. Oh Lord, we just love you.